Good evening, friends. Oh, yeah, no, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> Glad to see we're awake. <laughs> it's a good problem when we have to pull out more chairs in church. That is my favorite problem, so thank you all for showing up. It means a lot. This month, our sermon series is called Dear Church. As we explore different letters written to different early church communities... And it feels like a fitting theme because this past year we had to rely a lot on texts and phone calls and maybe even a snail mail letter to stay in touch while we were staying safe. So our series is Dear Church. And today I am lucky enough to read to you all from the small but mighty book of Philippians. But before we do, let us pray. Good and gracious God, we know that you are in this room, for you have always been in this room. Preston Hollow as a community started in this room, and your love has been multiplied here. So as we come to the text tonight, we ask that you would open our ears as you open our hearts so that we might be a little more aware of you in our midst than we were before. We are grateful. Amen. Friends, our reading for today comes from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Listen now for a word from God. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for you all because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there are a lot of people that I relate to in Scripture, but Paul isn't often one of them. I relate to Sarah in the Old Testament who laughs out loud because we share a name, but I also have the uncanny ability to laugh loudly at a joke about 30 seconds too late. And I relate to Jeremiah, the young prophet who doubted his call in the beginning and had to find the confidence to speak. And I relate to Mary who went to Elizabeth's house after an unexpected visit with an angel because when my world turns upside down, 
I want to go home too. I relate to a lot of people in scripture. It's one of the greatest gifts of the Bible, but Paul? I've never felt a particular closeness to Paul. Paul, as you all probably know, was one of the most influential people in the early church. Born a Roman citizen and originally named Saul, he enters scripture as a persecutor of the early Christians. Paul was a zealot, an extremist. He was famously present at events such as the stoning of Stephen, and in Acts, he's described as someone who breathes murderous threats. Not exactly someone you want to have over for Sunday dinner. But in a shocking turn of events, God interrupts Paul's extremism, as maybe only God can, with a voice in the wilderness. And Paul is changed. Suddenly, our early church antagonist becomes an early church hero. So Saul goes from Saul to Paul. He changes his name as he changes his life, and he quickly becomes the church's best-known evangelist, building church communities and sending them letters of encouragement. So I admire Paul. I'm inspired by his change. I'm grateful for his leadership, but even still, I have never had a personal or particular closeness to Paul. Until today, that is. Our text for today comes from the book of Philippians. At first glance, Philippians might look like all the other early church letters. Short, sweet, and packing a punch. However, with a closer look, one might notice something unique. Philippians has a fondness and an affection that is unlike the other letters. Did you hear it? Paul writes from jail saying things like, I constantly pray with joy for you. He says, you hold me in your heart. And you have been with me from the very beginning, sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul writes words of love to the community in Philippi. Words of belonging, relationship, and connection. It almost sounds like a love letter. And unlike the letters written to the Colossians or the Galatians, which were written to address a crisis... It seems that Paul writes to the Philippians simply because he can. Simply because they have supported him from the beginning. Simply because he loves that church. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And all of a sudden, I can relate to Paul on a very real level. As you all know, today is my last Sunday at Preston Hollow. Tomorrow, I will turn in my keys and lock up my office. On Tuesday, I will drive to North Carolina so that on Friday, I can marry my sweetheart under a sycamore tree surrounded by our family. And then in September, 
just 10 days after that, because we are crazy, <laughs> we will move to New York City. And I will serve there as the associate pastor for young adults in membership at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. And it's happening fast. We shared this news with you all a month ago, and already my final days are here. So, of course, my day is filled with swirling emotions. Emotions of love and gratitude for this place, deep grief and deep joy. And the thing I keep coming back to is that Paul was so right in his letter to the Philippians. Some churches, some people, some seasons, you cannot help but to look back upon and thank God for it. And Preston Hollow, you are that for me. I will thank my God every time I remember you. And it would be impossible for me not to feel that way because there have been so many wonderful memories and moments from these past four years together. I will thank God for the 75 youth who were confirmed into our church these last few years. I will thank God for the nearly 20 youth trips we took together, for laughter on the charter buses and devotionals under the stars at Mo Ranch and the holiness found on the Isle of Iona in Scotland. And I will thank my God for the memories of the tornado week. Not the event itself, but the way you all rolled up your sleeves and put on your tennis shoes and began marching supplies and support into the streets that needed them most. You showed us all what it looked like to be the body of Christ. And I will thank God for the memories and melodies of not one but two youth musicals, a tradition I conveniently learned about only after I was hired. To your surprise, they don't teach musical theater and seminary. So despite being totally unqualified, the backstage laughter made every minute worth it. And I will thank God for every baptism, for today's baptism, for courtyard baptisms during the pandemic, for teenage baptisms before confirmation, for baby baptisms, some quiet, some with a little bit more flair for the drama all holy. And I will thank God for the memories of Zoom Bible study with our young adults every Sunday night through the pandemic, gathering together online in the best way we know how. I will thank God for the memories of worship on the dock and meals prepared together at our first few young adult lake house retreats weekends. That group has grown so much over these last few years, and I will miss them. I will thank God for the memories of launching two new worship services. This service, which I love, and worship in the house, which I love, and both of which brought me closer to God. I will even thank God for the memories of my mistakes, which were plenty. I remember going to serve communion, having broken the bread, gone to pour the juice, and realizing there was no juice in the cup. I'll remember the bloopers and fumbles on the teleprompter during virtual worship and for locking myself out of my office more times than I'd like to admit. 
I will even thank God for these humorous learning lessons. But possibly most of all, I will thank God for every cup of coffee shared, every text after worship, every front porch conversation through the pandemic with you all. I will thank God for the moments of connection with you, the people I love. Paul writes to all the saints who are in Philippi, I thank my God every time I remember you. And suddenly, I could not relate to Paul anymore. Preston Hollow, you are my Philippi. This sermon is my love letter, and I know as I leave this place, I will thank God every time I remember you. But that's not the only thing I want to leave you with. So if you'll stick with me for just a moment longer, there's one last thing I want to say before I go. Paul's letter today does not end with gratitude. It starts with gratitude. Immediately after Paul expresses gratitude by thanking God for the Philippians, Paul goes on to say, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? If I understand the text, then I think what Paul is trying to say here is that these memories we share, these things we have to be grateful for, they are only the beginning. I think Paul is telling us that the Spirit is still moving. We have much to be grateful for in the past, but we also have much to look forward to. And what amazes me about the hope in these words is that Paul is writing from jail. He knows, as he writes, that he may never see these people again. He knows, as he writes, that he may never be able to witness the good work that Christ brings to completion in person. And even in his distance, he believes confidently that there is reason to thank God for the past. And there is still reason to believe that this is only the beginning. God will bring their work to completion. The Spirit is moving. She's not done with the church yet. So Preston Hollow, I want you to hear that same truth reflected about yourself. For almost 75 years now, God has been moving and dancing in this community. You all have stories for days to prove it, stories of Blair Money and Lynn Turnage, of Vickery Meadows and the Preston Hollow Day School, stories of deep faith and even deeper hope. And I have been fortunate enough to have had four years with you all to see the good work that God was doing here up close. But as I leave, what I know deep in my bones is that this is only the beginning. The Spirit is still moving. God will bring this good work to completion. And I know it's not always easy to feel the Spirit at work. My parents were in town this weekend. They were here this morning, and 
Last night we were reminiscing on some of my favorite Preston Hollow memories. And I remembered a moment from the college pilgrimage I co-led earlier this summer with Maggie and Jeannie. We arrived with our group at the Grand Canyon and were hiking along the rim of the canyon that first afternoon when one of our students came up to me on the hike and said, Sarah, I know what the Bible, the Bible says that God is in most everything, but is God in water? And we talked about creation and the waters of baptism and Jesus walking on water. And then he said, so is God in the fire? And we talked about Pentecost and the clouds of smoke that led the Israelites through the wilderness. And then he said, so do you think God is in the wind? Later that evening, Jeannie led our group out to a quiet place along the Grand Canyon's rim for a sunset devotional. She gathered us together as a group, and then she instructed us to each go find a quiet place on our own along the rim to settle in and write in our journals for about 20 minutes, just to be. And so we all scattered and went and found our spots. And as soon as I found my spot and sat down, a gust of wind out of nowhere came rushing through. And I remember sitting there laughing with awe as the wind picked up my hair and ruffled the pages of my notebook and brought goosebumps to my skin. And the first thing I wrote in my journal that night was, yes, God is in the wind. Friends, sometimes it's easy to feel when the Spirit of God is moving in our midst. The wind picks up and leaves you speechless. Sometimes it's obvious when God is moving in our midst. Other times it's not quite as clear and we are left seeking. So I hope and pray that you will see and feel God in your midst this season. But if that is hard to see, if for you the wind is quiet, then let this be my parting gift to you. I believe deep in my bones, that God will bring to completion the good work that God began here. Preston Hollow, God has been dancing in this room for a long time now, which means there is reason to give thanks for our past and our time together, and there is reason for me to believe that this is only your beginning. I used to not relate to Paul much, the Roman zealot turned prison pastor. However, today I relate to him deeply. Preston Hollow, you all have been my home for these last four years. You are my Philippi. You are the church I write home to with affection. And I will cherish your prayers in this season of transition as I continue to follow God's call. And I hope you know that I will be praying for you. I will thank my God every time I remember you. And I cannot wait to see what the Spirit does here next. The wind is blowing. I hope you feel it. And until the day we can be together again, in the words of Paul, 
I will hold you in my heart. Friends, pray with me. We believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.